0: Miles, they say that uh where I come from, that you should uh well if you ever kill a scorpion, you should never burn it.
1: Smell real bad in the front, huh?
0: Nah, because if you burn the scorpion, then all the other scorpions from miles around will come and you know what? This <laughs> whole thing doesn't really mean anything for the sake of the plot, so I don't know why we spent any time on this forever night.
1: Yes, we are. And I am so excited for syndication September.
0: Lottie, we've talked a little bit about this. When we were going to bring back this show, this is what the show was going to be, us diving deep into syndicated television shows. And we're going to start that process here tonight with one of our first syndication September selections. Now, if you missed last week's episode, this is what's going to happen. We're going to cover four different shows in syndication, September, and you, the listening audience, are gonna vote at the end of September on what we're gonna do the entire first full season of, or maybe even for a complete run, because some of these shows didn't last very long. And that's yes, and that's gonna bring us to our first show tonight, today, this week, next year, Forever Night, uh, Forever Night, a Canadian television series about a vampire who's working as a detective in Toronto. That sounds so familiar.
1: (laughs) Uh, And I will definitely touch on that in a second. Um, I I did want to mention that uh, no matter who the winner is, this will not be October's theme. We're not going to continue with uh, another show immediately, but our next deep dive will basically be the focus of whichever show wins this month. and I think I think we started off with a pretty good one, Drew.
0: Oh yeah, I'm excited to talk about this. but before we talk about the show itself, let's get a little background into Forever Night. Forever Night began its life in 1989 as a made for TV film Nick Knight, starring Rick Springfield, musician Rick Springfield, Jesse's girl, as the title character.
1: So, we didn't cover that for the show because I think we found out way too late that yeah. this was a thing. Because now, and I, I, I think I'll go ahead and say if if this show wins the pilot season, we should do the movie as well.
0: Yeah. I think because that's, that's fair.
1: I mean, I've seen Rick Springfield act in things in Supernatural and Californication, but him as a, a vampire detective, I. Uh, I'm trying to think of a Jesse's girl pun. It's just not common to me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, uh, the movie itself was—they—they they made the movie in hopes that it would get pro- uh, produced into a television series. Obviously, it happened, but a little different because the movie was written and directed by the show's creators, Barney Cohen and James D. Periot. I hope that's pronouncing it right because they're Canadian and.
1: But I assume so,
0: Parriot. I'm sorry. French Canadians I don't know Uh, and so and they they failed to get it made at CBS Uh, so the movie didn't really succeed but they didn't give up on the concept and they kind of redid the movie as the first two episodes for some reason for CBS as forever night titled dark night these first two episodes
1: Yes, and this show has a little bit of an odd release history. Uh, Because the show was funded by international investors with the intention of airing both North America and European markets, there were inevitable alternative versions that do exist. Uh, The Canadian version of the show ran for 47 minutes. However, it was reshot to remove scenes of female frontal nudity that was used to (laughs) entice European viewers,
0: which... What an
1: odd choice, because...
0: There are definitely scenes where you can tell there is some clever editing. Well, it's such a weird thing, because outside
1: of this, there's no difference between uh, what's considered the German version of the show and the Canadian version of the show. They're both 47 minutes, and the only things that are changed up, apparently, for at least a good chunk of the first season, is a little bit of titillation. And I... It's it's so wild to me that they just that was the one difference. And all they did was
0: just crop in on that, I'm sure. But
1: yeah, and there's some debate on whether or not those like those scenes actually aired in Germany or were released later. But uh, they were finally ended when the cast basically united together to protest the consistent exploitation of young women on the show just for (laughs) cheap thrills. They felt it kind of devalued the show.
0: Which I mean, honestly, it, it it no other woman, at least in the episodes that we watched, is treated as as this dead naked body on a table. Well, that and even the romantic
1: interest isn't horribly, not horribly, but isn't isn't gratuitously sexualized at all. It's just this one person in this entire thing. But hey, this isn't the only. The only difference.
0: Oh, no, (laughs) because there are more cuts, 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 cuts. The third version of the show and the version that we Americans got was the uh, edited for both CBS and USA Network because, well, we're going to get into how that all happened Uh, because the network needed more time for commercial slots. So a lot of the episodes that we got here in the United States were trimmed from 47 minutes to 40 minutes. And they weren't exactly careful with what they edited sometimes, so you might watch one of these episodes and think, did they ever explain that?
1: Did they ever talk about that? Which which 100% happens and will happen tonight.
0: (laughs) And for some reason, the show, when it finally came to the sci-fi channel... Uh, in in syndication again, um, which is actually where I first encountered the show for the record. Uh, I think
1: I did too it was like a maybe a Saturday afternoon or something like that. I think
0: it was during the day like it would start airing at noon or something because they just needed time slots to fill. Um, but they somehow re-edited the show just for Sci-fi channel, which is weird because Sci-fi Channel and USA network are owned by the same NBC parent company. So it's a hybrid of the CBS version and the Canadian version, and it has some scenes that were cut out of the CBS version. But then it has to make other cuts because it's still got to fit that forty-minute time slots.
1: Yeah. So what? I I, I I I'm I like that they tried. I do. I, I appreciate the effort, but it's still all for naught. So. Forever Night uh, debuted on American television on May 5th, 1992 as part of CBS's new block, Crime Time After Prime Time.
0: What uh, a taking name, the name, man. What I love it.
1: I, I love it. And if you, if you watch the series, which is, has been entirely collected on YouTube, uh, as I did, um, they have those little block things in there. And I really like that. I actually kind of prefer watching it that way. Um, So while the show was never a ratings blockbuster, they had a very loyal and vocal fan base. And if you're a science fiction fan, that sounds probably very familiar because a lot of these shows tend to have very loyal and and vocal fan bases, small as they might be. Uh, But they were quick with letter writing campaigns as soon as the show showed signs of being in trouble. Uh, Now, it moved from CBS's block when CBS or they actually CBS ended the block when they started the late show with David Letterman. And then after a
0: 1993, uh, don't forget that David Letterman moved from NBC to CBS at this time. And they didn't have a a late night show like that at that time slot. Uh, So they created one for Dave. And that's yeah. And sorry, Nick Knight. (laughs) (laughs) Well, not just Nick Knight, all these weird little
1: shows. And I I read some some uh, synopses of these and. (laughs) man, I might have to save some of these for later. (laughs) Uh, So after an entire year off the air, the second season, and not just like a a typical year of, you know, as we know now, uh, especially for some of those uh, FX shows where it'll be a year after 13 episodes, this was an entire season off the air. The second season ran into full syndication before the third and final season was finally picked up by USA Network. And after a year of cash shakeups, Budget cuts and then very confusing moving around of time slots. Forever Night was finally staked when the USA Network canceled it in or uh, on December twenty second, nineteen ninety five. So uh, this this show kind of had a rough time because that second year it was basically on affiliates. It was never it was never on anything main. You know, like it like it, if you lived in a different part of the country, you might be watching it on a different channel than a friend on the east coast. Yeah, and so. And this that is makes one, it really difficult.
0: And this is one of those weird cases that we that happened a lot back in the day, but we don't think about happening anymore, where a show it's so rare for a show to jump networks nowadays. The biggest that we'll get is a show jumping from a network to streaming or in, mm-hmm. a, or in one weird case when a show aired fully on streaming and a, a network picks up the rights to air it like one day at a yeah. time happened that way.
1: Yes, oh, yeah. uh, which I was so happy that that show was saved because it's so good. Um, but yeah, this is and this is kind of the era. This I love this era. I loved like especially when I I used to suffer from kind of insomnia as a as a teenager. And you just be channel surfing and just find these weird shows. And this is the result of that. The, this this syndication style airing of the of these shows where you may not watch you know, the crow stairway to heaven at 7 p.m. on CBS. But you'll definitely catch it on like channel 37 and a half at 4 a.m. You know, Ooh. so I, I I have a soft spot for for this kind of thing. And, and this is one of the earlier examples, I think, from what we're doing this month. Um, but let's <laughs> let's get in to let's, forever night because let's,
0: let's open the casket.
1: Yeah, this—I mean—because this show was immensely, immensely influential in in genre fiction. Because Forever Night basically set the 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 stage for every supernatural detective that would come afterwards. And I, so I, being a big Buffy fan growing up, and then being a big fan of Angel's show, I remember talking to some people and and them saying, "Oh, kind of like Forever Night." And they were a little bit older than me, so I just automatically assumed they just didn't know what they were talking about, were associating different vampire shows because I knew *Forever Night* was about vampires. I didn't know. It. I didn't realize that Joss Wheaton just went yoink <laughs> and completely copied it and made *Angel*.
0: Well, I mean, we'll get into that. No,
1: this is a hundred percent *Angel*.
0: Well, let's let's talk about what this show is because
1: yes. Let's so let's talk about this vampire with a soul who's trying to become mortal again. Yeah.
0: So this show opens <coughs> up in 1228 A.D. C.E. as uh, in in somewhere in France with
1: that uh, glorious, terrible studio lighting.
0: Yeah, where where we have uh, a a couple of creepy characters and and our our main character, who is unnamed at this point in the story, played by Win Davies, who I want to talk about him as we get into t- sort of the style of the show, uh, who has just been made a vampire. And then there's a flash, and suddenly we're flying over the beautiful city of Toronto, Ontario, Canada.
1: But I do like this show doesn't try to substitute Toronto with LA or any other metropolitan city. They 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 say it's toronto and i Do they i deeply I re- appreciate it. i
0: don't recall them mentioning what city they were in
1: yeah the the um it's the royal ontario museum i think maybe not supposed to be toronto itself but i know it's supposed to be in canada
0: well but it, well i mean if you if you are familiar with toronto's skyline and the the sort of space needle style tower they have in it that is the skyline that they show Behind the background of Forever Night, the logo on every episode. I think it's also the the commercial, uh, the commercial flash.
1: Yeah, because this shows the sun rising and setting, and uh, which is a cool little effect. I, I like effect. that.
0: It's a neat effect. But again, as we get into this, we mentioned that there were cuts. I believe we were watching the CBS version because there are some things that we just don't know. Or we are introduced to, and this is this is my main criticism of this. And again, maybe maybe we don't watch this version. We watch uh, the the CTV version, the Canadian version. Uh, when if we if this wins, where we fill in some gaps with some scenes that were cut out. But uh, there are some scenes in this that are don't explain anything, and they just count on you to figure out what's going on, which I kind of like. What? Well, <clears throat> There's also other scenes where they spend so much time over explaining everything that I'm not so into.
1: Here's my first real actual, I think, issue with the way the show is presented to us is we know that Nick is a vampire. Nick Knight, which is so frustrating to say. Um,
0: What's funny is that at 11 o'clock, Nick Knight would have been in direct competition with Nick at night. Well,
1: that's the reason they changed the name of the show. For whatever reason, they didn't think, let's change the name of the character, but they changed the name of the show because Nick at Night was becoming a popular block on Nickelodeon. So, my my, my initial problem is, we know he's a vampire. And as a modern viewer, in 2020, I know some shows have, people are kind of, you know, loosey-goosey with... You know, who knows what? And so the entire first, like, 15 minutes, I'm trying to figure out if, like, everyone or nobody knows he's a vampire. Who
0: knows and doesn't know he's a vampire?
1: Because the way they present it is, you know, we see him turn away at the sight of blood. and, And his co-workers make jokes about it. I'm like, okay, so are they making vampire jokes? No, it's just because, well, they think he's queasy, but he is basically... He's thirsty. An, an addict trying to withhold himself. Oh,
0: the, uh, uh, Stanky, which they named him Stanky. Uh,
1: or it Skanky? It it's skanky. skanky.
0: It's Skanky. Still not not any better. Um, <laughs> it's, not, it's not great. And he doesn't act in any way that would not
1: make me think of that word.
0: <laughs> he is. He, well, he's a complete joke. And I will talk about this because I think they dial that up a little too much. But again, 1992. What are you going to do? So... Like he'll eat he eats this this garlicky sandwich and then breathes his breath into Nick's face and Nick repels because Skanky just thinks he's bad breath, but no, it's the garlic. It's a garlicky sandwich because he's a vampire.
1: (laughs) Here's the thing is some of those jokes would have worked as intended if they were it's not that they were performed badly, but I don't think they were given good direction.
0: Because chart. I think the, I think that the, gag could have worked. There's no subtlety to it. It's just every every joke in this, and there are a lot of jokes in this series. Uh, at least, again, we only watched two episodes. There are a lot of jokes in these in these pilot episodes that are just hammered over the head, and it's just I I, I don't know. So so we find out that Nick Knight. I mean, <laughs> Every time I say his Let's name,
1: just call him Nick.
0: Let's just call, call him Nick.
1: N squared, if you will.
0: Every time we see Nick, uh, he we we, we learned that Nick is a is a vampire. He is trying to not be a vampire anymore, uh, and he's trying to get on the right side by working as a detective and solving crimes and doing good things. And he is being assisted in this. We've never heard that before. We somehow kind of learn. Uh, by uh, uh, Dr. Uh, Doctor Lambert, Natalie.
1: Yes, and, and but even in her first scene, she makes some pretty clear jokes that she, not jokes, but comments, sharp comments that she's kind of in the know, but it's still not explicit that she knows that he's a vampire in that first scene. Like now thinking back, yes, it is, but she doesn't flat out say it until kind of the end of the conversation where she gives, I think the worst scientific d- uh, advice ever is uh, eat people, food, not blood. Cause that's, that, that, that's going to help you to not be a vampire anymore. And that it's, I don't like how that I do not like, this is the one thing I dislike. I do not like the idea that, Oh, it's only blood. And if you don't drink blood, you it'll it'll help you become human that just seems like nonsense to me
0: but but again i wonder if there's something that we're missing because we get context of those vampire powers later and that he so he can fly he can see in the dark he can he can do some more stereotypical vampire things but his strength his super strength and all that are tied to how much blood he has drunk recently
1: Yeah, well, let's let's, let's, uh, rewind back. He can fly, but it's not the turns into vapor or uh, bat style flying. Oh, no, he flat out Christopher Reeve Superman's it.
0: Yes, but on a TV budget in 1992. (laughs) I
1: love these flight scenes because, man, oh, man, you cannot look dark brooding or even threatening when when you're when
0: when your elbows are out
1: (laughs) but it's I mean I do like that they they fly I do like that they don't just they're not skimpy with the powers they basically run run the gamut of the known vampire powers Uh, with the exception of some that we that may pop up later in the series I don't know but I I did like that it wasn't just a oh he's just gonna be super strong it's no he's got He's got some crazy powers.
0: Yeah. So as we get into this episode, we are introduced to uh, to Nick being brought in to, to a killing that we learn is the what seems to be another in a line of killings. Uh, this time at a museum where a, a jade goblet has been stolen. Uh, from from this case and the the security guard was killed and drained of all blood, which matches these other random killings that seem to have happened with one little tidbit. All of them were, oh, oh, negative blood. The universal donor, the universal donor.
1: Yeah, so I, I did. I did appreciate this aspect because they, they, they tell you early on there's a slight difference in in this crime and and as viewers were like oh that's a vampire killing um, but,
0: but we also I mean kind of, I, I, honestly I kind of thought until we got further and further into it basically when they explained that the one killing was a vampire killing and the others were not I was like okay so maybe the others aren't vampire well, they, they, said, or- they said there was a
1: difference because the others used a razor blade slit and these had bite marks they said that was the big difference and that I think he had a different blood type too
0: no, he was still O. Oh, was he still O? Okay, but that was happenstance, as we find out in the in the story. Um, and, and
1: then we meet kind of the the romance interest of this, for lack of a better term, uh, pilot movie, because the first two episodes are basically, you know, as as Drew said at the top of the show, an adaptation of Nick Knight, and we meet Doctor Alice Hunter, who I looked up. Uh, Christine Reeves is the actress. She looks so familiar and I have seen nothing that she's in. She <laughs> only did a couple of TV appearances, but she's got one of those faces that looks like a couple of other actresses. And it was driving me insane the entire time.
0: So, so from here we learn a little bit more again, we are at, we are at night. Um, I do think also that Nick has uh, glamor powers because uh, there's the the uh, the reporter the reporter at the very beginning is like, are oh, you get this is another vampire killing, isn't it?" And he's like, oh, what you you're gonna make me say it. you're gonna make me say that this is a vampire. That's ridiculous. Go home.
1: I think yeah,. Go home. So while this, this this show does have its fair share of silly looking powers, for the most part, for 1992, it looks great. But this this is the one where I was a little disappointed because it didn't look like there was much of anything that he was doing. And so, for a unsavvy viewer, they're not going to understand that he compelled her. And
0: from an yeah. I, with a history because, of watching vampire stuff, that's certainly what it looks like. But
1: no, it's it's a hundred percent what he's doing. But keep in mind, this is 1992 CBS. So a, a major network. And as we kind of know, a lot of major network television shows are pretty spell everything out for you. And but it, well, no, I can't even uh, chalk it up to a different cut because when we see his powers kind of pop it up, his he gets the little yellow eyes, um, which I thought was a cool touch.
0: It looks neat. I mean, it's it's one of those things where there are vampire transformations as vampire transformations go in the media. There is the simple fangs pop out, or there's the full-on Lost Boys, Buffy, like, complete change of face look. Right. This, this um, is really more fangs pop out, and he gets these these super bright yellow eyes, which I think is actually kind of a cool look. I don't it's I don't it's a,
1: it. It, It's a cool look because the way they do it, and because uh, Davies is so good at kind of furrowing his brow, it looks like a change. Without ever having an actual change, and it, honestly, something that simple makes all the difference in the world to me. I, I, as as low budget as this show does look, I think with what they do, it's it's pretty solid. Um, I mean, yes, we're gonna make fun of some of the, some of the way some of this stuff looks, but in all honesty, I I ate it up.
0: <laughs> so 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 this is where I want to introduce another aspect to Nick's character that. I like a lot in hindsight, but I didn't get what they were doing with. So Nick drives this classic Cadillac, his caddy.
1: It's such a, again, because I've been watching vampire stuff for so long. And even an angel, it's, it's always the thing. Uh, Cause Spike did it too. They always drive these old like caddies and stuff like that. It's just such a weird fun little thing that they do and, and these these vampires these rascals
0: yeah and skanky who's working as the, the the partner on this is keeps questioning why why he's got this old car and what how bad the gas mileage might be and blah 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 and nick just leans over and says the such and such such and such such and such the 1962
1: has- cadillac has more trunk space than any other car made in the last 30 years
0: and it's like, what a weird thing to say, Nick. Why would that matter to you? And I was like, oh, maybe because he moves around a lot and needs to be able to pack up all his stuff. no, it's because we find out later on that if he's out and then suddenly the sun comes up, it's a perfect portable coffin to sleep. In. It's it's pretty great. But here's
1: so here's another weird character thing about Skanky is he he gives Nick all this guff about this 1962 Caddy. And then when he's alone with, uh, I think one of the mechanics, or no, no, it's
0: it, it's, it's the motor pool at the police station.
1: Yeah, he starts talking about all oh, the summer he had when he was young, and this was the same car that he had, and how it was such a cool car. And oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a spin in Detective Knight's car. I'll be right back. And I'm just like, <sighs> there, there needed to be some sort of. I, I understand this, this character is supposed to be a nuisance, but for him to kind of rag on this car and then to bring up all of this stuff about how much he loves this car and all the, the wild times he had as a teenager with this car. I, I kind of wanted something more out of that.
0: And maybe there was, and we just didn't see it.
1: <laughs> I mean, th- this is the, this is the same show that gives us, uh, and if you didn't know what, what it was that drew was doing at the top of the show, that was, uh, captain stone trees, weird story about,
0: scorpions it, it, it mm-hmm. because ultimately what's happening and as we get further into the episode is that more and more people think that these are that there is a vampire that has has uh, well, they're, just, they're just calling it vampire killings yeah, they're, calling, they're calling them vampire killings but Nick and Skanky go after the the weirdest scene in this entire show is as they're driving to go investigate something at the at the museum all of a sudden Nick gets this weird impulse and hears screaming and they go and find this dude who's shooting, uh, shooting people with a submachine gun and grabbing this, this lady and dragging her upstairs and he's going to kill her and all this stuff. And it's completely outside of anything else that we have going on. Um, there there it was very funny to me also because if it, 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 yeah. It, in in the 80s and 90s, every gun was one of these small submachine guns. And yeah. it was always either an Uzi or a MAC-10. Those are the two models that were always, almost always used. And, I, and I'm and i like, huh, I was just thinking about this the other day. Uzis or MAC-10s? Uzis or MAC-10s? And the guy had one. And as I'm thinking, I wonder if that's an Uzi or a MAC-10. Nick looks to Skanky and says, he's either got an Uzi or a MAC-10. it's like, that's
1: it's it's very funny and even so you 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 kind of touched on this he's got this weird like spider sense like he's got these I guess extra senses where he can hear and smell things and so he I guess zeroes in on this crime but the way uh, we are shown it is this big flash of red
0: so uh, what I think this is is I think this because we also know that he can hear heartbeats and all of this, I wonder if elevated heart rates give him like a daredevil sense.
1: I mean, it could be. I mean, it's it's hard to say because the show just doesn't communicate this to if us. If
0: that's what it is, I think that's cool. I think that's I, really I, neat.
1: <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> and we haven't even gotten to some of the weird quirks about Nick. So one, and this is what kind of brings his like good cop side to it, which I know is a weird phrase to say in 2020, but we're gonna I'm just gonna we're just gonna skate over that. Um he's he's befriended these homeless kids.
0: And <laughs> by, like whenever by, whenever By these homeless kids, do you mean uh Scut Farkas, Local Bully, Ezri Dax, and the guy who voiced Beast on the X-Men animated series?
1: <laughs> I do indeed. <laughs> um man, I I love Esri, so I was happy to see her in something else because I haven't seen her in something else in a while. Even though this was, you know, almost thirty years ago.
0: We honestly, what we should we should do a Canadian TV series uh, uh, month, but that's a whole other conversation. Yeah, that's, that we're gonna uh, yeah, that's off a... off air. <laughs> but so, uh, one of the cool
1: things that he does is because he doesn't eat human food, uh, on, against the wishes of his doctor. Apparently, he whenever they do a, a lunch order. He orders three cheeseburgers. Everyone thinks he's just oh, man, he just just scarfs down all these carbs. But what he does is when he gets off work, he takes these cheeseburgers and hands it to these homeless kids that live outside of his
0: warehouse. And I both like this and hate this at the same time because I like it. It's but the way they handle that situation is stupid. It's so schlocky. Like, here you go, guys. Uh, and it's like, oh, uh, this is honestly, this is a whole thing with Nick is that he he vacillates between super good guy and skanky. I will kill you.
1: Yes, which I mean, you can you can kind of gauge because, you know, the temptation of being a vampire, maybe his elevated rate he gets closer to being that beast. But what irritates me about this whole situation is, yes, he has said to the kids, oh, you can sleep in my garage, which weird. Um
0: well, his and they say oh. his whole house, so.
1: Well, yeah, so that's the thing is is we find out later that yes, his the garage is like this massive warehouse that looks really cool. It's got all this fancy stuff in it. But uh, Esri, uh, I think her name's Jeannie.
0: I don't remember.
1: I think I think her, her name is Genie. Uh she she's all I don't want to owe anybody anything, blah, blah blah. And I'm I'm just like I mean, that's that's something I I could see like a teenager who doesn't know any better saying. But at the same time, I'm like, I mean, you know, this guy's, you know, they know him to be a good dude and he's offering them a place to sleep. It's just yeah. I mean, I agree. It's a it's a weirdly like. Written bit. Yeah, because we, we we also see this dude in in massive mood swings, and this is this is why I couldn't get a get a real handle on Nick in the first episode because, uh, I, I we briefly mentioned Dr. Alice Hunter, and she is a a doctor at the the museum where the the jade cup was stolen, and
0: Ph.D. versus Natalie M.D. Right.
1: Who has? I mean, you can tell they are instantly attracted to each other, and they're talking smart stuff because he knows all. Like he knows how to translate all these things, and makes. I think, honestly, at first I thought it was stupid, but when when we find out when it pays off, when he talks about translating this one tablet, and be like, oh yeah, that's my that's my that's uh, my, my combination, and I was like. That's stupid. And then when it, when it actually comes into use, I'm like, you know what? I really like that. Okay,
0: 1992 TV writers, I see your Yeah, play. yeah I, I see you. They do honestly. Some of the payoff again, it's just like the the biggest trunk space in a car in 30 years. It's one of those things where in the moment, that's real dumb. But when you when it you it see it off, executed, like, yeah. Okay, okay, okay.
1: <laughs> so Dr. Alice Hunter was a character that I mean, she appears very smart, very driven and it looks like there's interesting things going on and it's clear that the two actors had chemistry. The problem was the writing for their chemistry was real bad and even for 92, real bad. I mean, I almost interrupted your bit at at the beginning of the show to just go "Hold me." <laughs> yeah, that was Just weird. hold me. It's because it comes off as so weird because it's not just like a her nuzzling up to him, wanting to be held, she just kind of flat out kind hold of hold me, w- runs into him and just says, Hold me in a very weird time.
0: Um, they just been seemingly having a normal, not overtly flirtatious conversation, and it's just like, Hold me, it's like, okay, yeah, it's 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 odd, and then
1: the after effects of those are kind of odd because, the, yes, there's one scene where they have, I think this is in the second episode where they have. A moment where they're they're being physical, they're being romantic. And then you see that he's he's he can he smell the blood and, and hear her heart starting to pump, and he's tempted to bite her or whatever. And he pulls on one of his mood swings. And I mean that one I understood, but he does this a lot.
0: And, and but, I think also, I, but also sometimes the mood swings are him joking, and it's it's so it's the,
1: but the problem is you can't you can't tell until after the fact. Uh, but with her, it's not. It's it's an interesting scene, but because of because of his weird moods, Alice is no dum dum. She she thinks to follow him, and I I like this because well, she's the first person who is like, there's something kind of odd about this dude. I'm gonna see what's up.
0: But well, she also has an idea because she has. Looked in the history book that she's referencing yep. about the 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 museum set that she's do- going on with the piece that was stolen, and she sees a guy in the picture in the history book that looks an awful lot like our oh, boy Nick Knight. Oh,
1: wouldn't wouldn't you know it? Wouldn't you know Didn't it? You
0: know it. The the guy that seems to know an awful lot about all this stuff is in the history textbook about it. Oopsie, Weird. oopsie daisies. Um, th- also, Nick is not
1: a very careful vampire he's not at all. He's kind of a bad vampire. We
0: we talked about the guy that we, we started with the scorpion story and got sidetracked by all this other stuff. The whole reason that, that skanky is getting weirded out by this is because he sees Nick pull a guy through a third story window and doesn't sit, doesn't put two and two together. Yeah. The, the way it's shot, I think you're
1: supposed to think that maybe he didn't quite see what he thought he saw.
0: Well, but he tells the captain that he saw him do that, and that he, and oh, did he? Are,
1: okay, okay, okay. And
0: vampires are on the mind, which is why the captain says this weird scorpion story. That it's like, well, no, it's it, not. It, of course, it's not true. Just like vampires aren't true.
1: But the scorp, yeah, and, and like you've said, oh, you texted to me. the scorpion story makes no sense. Why would it you has burn n- a
0: scorpion?
1: Well, there's that. Although I did watch this uh, this cooking show, where apparently it's like they call it the the crab of the desert or something. Um, Do they get
0: covered with scorpions from miles around? I
1: I don't. I don't know. But but I mean that would be a reason to set a scorpion on fire. But but regardless, outside of food purposes, this story is nonsense. It is complete and utter nonsense that has nothing to do with anything. And if I didn't love it so much, I would want it completely out of this out of this episode. But it's so weird and so stupid that it it makes me happy.
0: <laughs> it's
1: it's. it's it so so thing. after Nick saves the the Asian woman from the gunman.
0: Who they on, they're kind who of was on who's on crack. <laughs> they make jokes yeah, but, about him being on crack for the next. They make season. a
1: lot of jokes about crack. Uh, But this is, I think, during a a kind of a big crack epidemic.
0: So, yeah. So let's make fun of it. You know, that's that's what cops do. Um, It's probably at this time we should also really mention another character that we have. That's that's what I was getting to. Briefly introduced to. We get this
1: cool, cool introduction at the very end of the first episode. Nick's listening to the to the radio.
0: Okay. And all You, you say it's a cool introduction. I think it's too convenient. I, I love it. Well, no,
1: because he has that conversation with uh, Jeanette before, right? The other vampire girl.
0: Because uh, well, because Nick is still thinking that all of these killings, even the ones that were u- that used a a knife to cut the necks instead of the bite marks. Well, Nick believes that it is a vampire that's doing all of this stuff. So he has been ignoring Skanky quite a bit, and he is 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 believing that he can get to the bottom of this because it's this is vampire business and da 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 da. So again, we talked at the very beginning about this 1228 uh flashback that we have. And we have Nick who has just been t- turned into a vampire surrounded by uh two unnamed vampires, one older creepier vampire uh and one uh younger, more attractive vampire uh and and, well, he decides to go and visit this vampire bar, which is kind of cool. Yeah, I, it, it is
1: it is exactly what you would think that someone would imagine a vampire bar in the 90s would look like. It looks like a dark, dingy goth club, and I loved it. I loved it.
0: <laughs> this This is also where I have a weird thing about this, because we start getting more and more flashbacks, and the early flashbacks in the beginning of the episode... Are all in French with subtitles, and at a certain point, all of those flashbacks just become English. Do Do you think maybe
1: some of them were just the the Canadian scenes that just didn't didn't bother like doing anything with?
0: I want. Oh, I, I'm wondering if it's like a, a Hunt for Red October thing where they start in one language, and as as the course of it, they just start speaking English, and we're just the, supposed the, to real- think that they're still speaking French at all this point. But they never get which I mean, hey, if you're you're following
1: comic book rules, I am down with that. But I am just as likely to think that they just gave up.
0: What's what's very funny to me is that since 1228, Nick has gone to great detail to lose his French accent. But uh, Jeanette has not.
1: (laughs) Well, I mean, but she's also super into that culture and she seems to be still drinking the the Kool-Aid blood. And which is, I mean, she's a vampire. It's, it's fine. It's whatever. But so if she's if she's just in town because, you know, Nick's there because she's made. Uh, they make reference to, you know, having tra- tracked him down before, or knowing where he was before. And I, I think that that's fine. I mean, yeah. it's it's. it's what I like about the, that scene is it does kind of start. It, it feels almost like the the Highlander series. It starts to kind of paint the historical context of Nick and who certain important characters and, are. And,
0: and 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 part of this all goes into this item that was stolen from the museum, which is this jade cup. That there was this theory based on this Mayan legend that if you passed blood from a sacrifice from one cup to another cup, it could basically cure vampires. And Nick had a cup, and the there was another cup that he was aware of, but his old vampire master never allowed him to keep the cup. And da 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 da. So, oh, the, that's the cup that was stolen, and what's going to happen? But uh,
1: so but anyway. so as Nick is leaving this club and he's listening to the radio, all of a sudden he hears this very familiar violin piece that's been dedicated to my friend Nicholas with the ending the Nightcrawler is waiting for you and it kind of pulls up so we can see oh this is the same vampire that sired Nicholas or Nick and yes it is by modern standards super hokey it's and so hokey. super drawn out but the Nightcrawler crawler <laughs> I gotta, again, I gotta give it 30 years old. I kind of gotta give it some props. I thought it was well done. You can tell that actor is just chewing up his lines. And I think if it had been delivered poorly, I would have reacted poorly to it. But honestly, I really dug the cadence of the way he talked, it was very lyrical. And so, even though, yes, The Nightcrawler was waiting for you is a little silly, for me, it worked.
0: It was just—it was just a little too on the nose. he just happens to be changing channels on his radio, and oh, right as this again, it's so, it's so fiction. That's, it's no big deal. That's the thing. But that's all that's the
1: patience of a vampire. Maybe he's been doing this for like months.
0: <laughs>
1: Who knows? And he just knows that Nick is somewhere in Toronto or Canada or. I think I think the show is supposed to be set in Toronto. Um, they, it would have it would have uh, been helpful if I had fully looked into that.
0: Skanky does make a joke about uh, in, in the second episode about I was I was Gretzky uh, sliding around out there or something like that as uh, we get into the car chase scene. So uh, we, I had to make a hockey joke. <laughs> we've bounced around the first and second episode a little bit. But this is where the show honestly gets a little more interesting because we have been introduced to these vampiric killings bodies drained of blood all typo all very specific blood types and we are introduced to a presumably a big bad in nick's life to borrow a buffy phrase uh that that we are going into the second episode this is when the the museum curator follows him uh, because she's like, what is going on with this dude? And we we now get a vampire fight between this vampire at full strength and Nick. And Nick gets beat down easily. Oh, yeah. And also the jade cup shatters, which is
1: weird. And the jade the cup shatters. And then Nick tosses the dude into a metal pole. Impaling him. But we as savvy viewers who at least know first grade vampire no that that's not supposed to kill him but for whatever reason Nick doesn't think
0: oh I should, maybe I should finish the job or also or maybe that, he did also that poll was definitely not through the heart the heart so um no the, honestly the second I saw him on that thing I was like this character's too important to be killed off in the very first scene he really appears in I I also it made me flash back to one of the worst scenes in Buffy the vampire Slayer where a particular terrible character, uh, that luckily was only in one season of the show, uh, stabs Spike through the heart with a stake, but Spike doesn't die because it's a plastic stake.
1: Stupid. Which character, John Kennedy?
0: Oh, Riley.
1: Oh yeah, Riley is the worst.
0: Yes. Anyway. Uh, it just reminded me of that scene because it's like, of course, he's not going to die. We're going to see this guy for like the rest of the series as the big bad, which is, you know. Also crazy based on what happens at the end of the episode. But so now. Well, now <laughs> but this
1: this falls into I I, I and I, I wish we had that seven minutes or just more context. I understand that they were they were remaking a TV movie into two episodes. But this scene here. It bothers me because I don't know if again Nick is a really bad vampire, or that he knows that LaCroix is not, uh, not dead, and he just wanted to get away from him. And we don't seem to know. He, he and even 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 when he or even when Lucian pops back up, he seems a little surprised, and. Again, I just can't tell if Nick is a really bad vampire or just a big sweet dum-dum.
0: A- Again, it looks like he is a a bad vampire.
1: And I mean, I'll take it. I'll take it. I mean, I, I don't think my my only problem is, and this is this is coming from reading the uh the errata, the synopsis of the show. Nick is supposed to be 800 years old. If he were like an 80 year old vampire, I could kind of let that slide. But if you are 800 years old and you haven't learned the first thing about being a vampire, I, I, I'm, I'm honestly surprised he lasted that long. <laughs> so,
0: but so I want to I want to move away from this for a little bit because this is where I think the show gets a little more interesting, and in that we get back to the actual case at hand. Yes. So we have Nick who races out of Nick is we should also clarify. Uh, uh, Nicole, DeBoer's character, Ezri's character uh, has been kidnapped. Uh, Scott Farkas is dead. Right.
1: We didn't mention the killer prior to attacking the museum guy had been killing homeless people.
0: We have been introduced to a bunch of Nick's homeless friends, so you have to understand that one or all three of them are going to end up dead by the end of that episode. One ends up dead, one ends up missing, presumed dead, and the third doesn't know where anybody is. And this is, again, where I think the foreshadowing pays off. It seems cheesy in the moment, but it pays off for the sake of, of, of the reveals in this show. So Nick, after after this fight with with Lucien in the in the warehouse, races to his car and, because this has all happened after his friends have gone have been dead and missing. So he goes after Lucian because he thinks he's Lucian's the one who's done this. And he goes and he he, he and now the sun's coming up, so he's got to hide, so he hides in his trunk. Meanwhile, Skanky and the rest of the police department have no idea where he is. So they find his car where <laughs> Nick is just camped out in. Oh no.
1: Cause it was, it was towed cause it was legally parked.
0: Yeah. And, and so, so Skanky decides to take it for a, take it for a drive. And as he goes to investigate the hospital to figure out what's going on with the rest of the stuff. And, uh, this is honestly one of the worst scenes in the show for me because, of course, Skanky is smoking in the car. He's listening to polka music in the car while Nick is That scene like, was so Skanky dumb. in the trunk. It's so dumb. It's so... You
1: no, know, it, it is one of the few moments in the show where I'm like, this is genuinely stupid. And the only reason it exists is because... Of what you're, what's gonna happen later when when Nick's still in the car, but I would have honestly cut this whole bit out. I also want to know. I think there was there there was some odd writing because he goes to the hospital, starts asking some questions, and then comes across one of the the I think it was an orally,
0: or a doctor it was a doctor who's he seems to be familiar with. Well, so earlier in the episode. When they are in the when they're in uh, like in episode 1, they're in the the morgue as they've have, have, they're looking at the uh the the body of the security guard guy. That guy is just randomly there taking a blood donation from Skanky. It's yeah, it's strange that that guy The the, is there. The, whole, that,
1: the the whole thing is strange because they're talking very familiarly and and then Skanky kind of goes about his 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 business.
0: Skanky gets um, regular blood donations because he's a good guy.
1: Well, I mean, that and like he's questioning because I mean, they've they found some leads that lead to the hospital. They have some questions. And Nick's Nick's doing some of his own work because Skanky's being held up by red tape. But Nick just pops into this one daughter's office, pops into his computer to follow a lead. Uh, and then hops back to the car. And when he does, he starts, he hears someone kind of, Railing around with it
0: yeah at this at this point i mean they're they're super obvious that we now know who's been doing these killings right but we don't know why yet and that's again it's one of those things where you know thinking about angel thinking about buffy thinking about all these other shows it seems some sort of like plasma is he some sort of where right or something well
1: and i was hoping for that i was really hoping for that and
0: it's not that i'm disappointed honestly that i'm, f- I'm fine with it being a mundane like weird serial killer situation i'm fine with it
1: being a, a mundane r- weird serial killer situation because of the i don't even want to call it the b-plot but the other half of the story the the whole uh vampire side of the story because you have these two simultaneous stories it's fine with him being chasing down an actual serial killer yeah. i'm 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 i like that and i like that not not every supernatural detective has to have supernatural cases i think that's very cool
0: yeah so well i i just want to flash forward to the end because i think this is one of yeah. the most interesting things so we have been introduced to the idea of blood donations uh, uh dr hank mccoy not really hank mccoy but the guy who voiced him in the cartoon dr don he's actually dr don uh which is funny um they 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 introduced that that he as along with the all the other homeless people give blood donations because they get a little money for doing that uh, at this mobile blood bank and that's where this guy that this this blood technician this this Orderly. I don't think he's a doctor. I'm not sure what he is. Uh, that, Stank, that Skanky was so familiar with has been working. And we find out that that guy's mom died not that long ago.
1: Was it mom or wife?
0: I thought it was mom. Lost his mother. Thought it was his wife.
1: It doesn't matter. He lost a loved one. He
0: lost a loved one. And as we find out, it's because they got hepatitis Hepatitis. from a blood transfusion well who's donating a lot of blood homeless people who are more likely to have hepatitis in his mind homeless people so what he's doing because he knows that type o blood is the universal donor he's specifically targeting those people so dr don's fine because he's not type o skanky's fine because he's not type o he's a negative but all of these other people that have been killed and and their their throats cut and all the blood draining into their body that are type O, he's trying to target and kill any of the potential blood donors that killed his loved one with their tainted blood transfusion. And that there's something about that idea that is very, very novel that's interesting. Yep.
1: I, th- I have to give I have to give Forever Night credit for uh, not only were you telling the vampire stuff because often when you have a supernatural show te- uh, telling simultaneously normal human stuff and vampire stuff the human stuff is is on- honestly a chore and by giving what would be in a general like a crime show quality like if you took out the vampire stuff all together this would still be a great episode of a crime show i think that elevates forever night in in what it's trying to do
0: yes and and the idea that the the museum guy whose death was slightly it was very similar but sl- subtly slightly different that's the one guy that lucian killed that just happened to fit the pattern that this other guy was doing
1: Yes, it was it was a total accident because because Lucian not dead uh <laughs> and uh basically what we didn't mention was the one person who survived this guy's attack was Jeannie. And he beat the living crap out of her. But she finally took Nick's advice and was hiding out in his place. And Dr. Hunter's there, finds Jeannie, and tries to call an ambulance. Well, what happens is the person who arrives on the scene is this doctor.
0: So Nick shows up in the nick of time. Nick Knight of uh,
1: I hate everything about what I just said. <laughs> I hate everything about what you just said. Um... <laughs> But he does, but he's also so weakened when our old pal Lucian pops up and is tempting him. Oh, you need to kill him. Oh yeah. You need-
0: uh, also, Lucian shows up and immediately kills the <laughs> immediately kills the guy. Which uh, I, I was fine with. I was like, hey, you you, the, you get what you get. The other half of this, and the part that really bothers me. So so uh Ezri's character, who is extremely battered and bruised, is trying to fight off this, this guy. Uh, and, and th- this with this, a broom <laughs> with a broom. but then she ends up in front of the fireplace that Dr. Hunter is lit. Even though it was already lit when she turned it up and said, he does it. I don't think he ever uses this thing. I think that was just a weird timing thing, but so she catches this broom on fire and keeps shoving it in his face. At which point he grabs it and sets Nick's warehouse on fire. Yeah. <laughs> so the so right now the room is on fire nick shows up uh and and also right at the same time lucian shows up and just kills the guy drains his blood and then and he so he's dead <laughs> and and
1: there, but in the meantime because <sighs> Oh, because she, because she knew that Nick needed his strength. Dr. Hunter, who has figured out, yeah, Nick's a vampire, she wants to become a vampire. So she wants him to drink, which I don't know if they're doing werewolf rules or what. It seems like they're doing well. Because of the way this episode ends. Yeah. But she's, she's like, I'm a scientist. I want to live forever so I can keep being a scientist, which honestly is a pretty compelling argument. It's not for your normal selfish reasons. She's like, no, there's so many civilizations I could study. There's so much I could do. I, I like her pitch. I, I really didn't. I liked her pitch, but she also, if she hadn't had that breathy, I still want you kind of delivery. I would have probably bought it a little bit more.
0: Yeah. So, so, so Lucian and, and Nick are fighting because of the fire. Dr. Hunter is, is behind a table in full, easy access to the door to escape, but she doesn't escape, which is weird. <laughs> there's some there's some weird. Look,
1: look, people we, we, we have kind of sussed out. People in this show do not behave as people probably should behave honestly. or or a, or any person would behave.
0: I honestly think it's it's just it's. Because they can't frame everything the way they needed to frame it. It looks well, like she's trapped by the fire, even yes. in, even and in it's, the next scene it, when she's not trapped by the fire. It's fine.
1: It's pilotitis, too, because this, that's one thing I probably should have said at the top of the show, and one of the reasons why we're doing more than one episode, uh, even though this was a two-parter, uh, pilots often tend to be sometimes the weakest part, especially when it comes to genre shows. Um, I mean, even going back to Buffy, as much as I love that show, that pilot, yeah, it's a little clunky. Yeah, You know, Uh, even X-Files, same way. The pilot, it's not bad, but it's a little clunky. I mean, it's enough to sell you on the show where it's like, okay, once they get the rhythm, it'll be good. And it's not that I think that any of this is bad, but there's a lot of clunkiness, and it's probably because they're trying to cram so
0: much in these first two episodes. And in some cases, unfortunately, I think a little too much, because I'm going to tell you guys something that happens in this episode, and then I'm going to spoil what actually happens in the series. Because... I want to because I think it's it's weird. So we have already so so Lucian and Nick are fighting. Lucian is also fake died earlier in, in the episode. They're fighting. Lucian throws a flaming two by four at Nick and it lodges in <laughs> the wall. And so Nick then seeing Lucian uh, kill Dr. Hunter. Just flat out drink her blood. She is dead in three seconds, because that's how fast vampires can drink blood, apparently. He rips He rips the flaming two by four out of the wall, throws it at Lucian, it stabs him and pins him to the door, and Lucian dies in a horrible, fiery, melty thing.
1: It's a very cool conclusion. I mean if i if if i was watching that as a tv movie i was i would have been like well that's that's pretty cool
0: yeah but but <laughs> as we've learned in doing our research about the show lucian's not dead
1: which i i kind of hope that this show gets renewed so that we can figure out why, because I'm not going to have time to go down I this just, rabbit hole. I just, and hope, I'm not-
0: I just hope it's a better excuse than they had a really interesting and compelling villain that they didn't do anything with or that they need. I, I, I,
1: I mean, yeah. that, that could, that could easily be the case. I mean, Buffy did this too. So, or, or actually, well, Whedon did this because Darla dies in season one and then she becomes one of the most compelling characters in in Angel's show. So I could I could absolutely see that being the case or they had plans the entire time. I don't know. I haven't seen the rest of the show. I do know that this show ends with a very much like Angel with a finale that pissed off fans. Um, don't look it up. I have not. I, I did not read what it was. I just read that that it ended in a very open way when they knew they were getting canceled, and fans were not happy. Uh, this episode. Speaking of the one thing that bothers me, because knowing that Lucien comes back, I'm not that upset about that. However, this episode stinger is that when he's talking to Natalie, who we haven't talked that much about. Uh, she's cool. I, I like Natalie a lot. She, the, she's kind of the,
0: she's the sassy uh, friend.
1: Yes. It's, it's the character that she, is, he's going to have some sort of chemistry with for the rest of the show. And it will be a will they won't they thing. I'm sure.
0: Uh, almost positive, but almost. Oh, positive.
1: Oh, I hate you for that. <laughs> the show, the camera pans up to the skylight and we see Dr. Hunter has been turned into a vampire looking actually really cool.
0: In the middle of the conversation where Nick and Natalie are talking about how she died. But apparently she didn't. But again... So, again, I'm 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 guessing werewolf rules. It seems to be. I'm okay with this because I think that a mistake... And honestly, I was going to call this a mistake... When we were reviewing this, until I read that it didn't actually happen, because Lucian seemed like such a cool character to have him killed off at the end of the second episode seemed like a bad play. But apparently, it didn't happen that way. But I hope that the rationale for how he survived is decent, because otherwise, I'm gonna be bothered by that. Similarly, I, th- I think Dr. Hunter surviving and becoming a vampire is going to be an interesting through thread. And what I hope in the series is that it's not monster of the week or case of the week, that there is this overarching plot that happens over the course of the season.
1: So, you know how I looked into seeing what this actress had done? Yeah. She don't come back. <laughs> <laughs> I think she's in one episode and I think it's just for flashback purposes, but she's not a character in this show. And that made me so angry.
0: Well, we, Drew, don't, know. Okay. we Drew's don't know. that face this w- is true. We don't know that this is true because we we've only we've only done so much research so that we didn't spoil the entire show. So if you want to find out whether this is true or not, <laughs> vote for Forever Night at the end of this month. <laughs> um that that is that is my biggest
1: complaint was watching for the first season uh to see how many more times this character popped up uh just to kind of get a get a gist of who was gonna be returning because i knew the cops um which i thought the cop aspect of the show was really well done i think their their little bullpen looks really weird it doesn't feel like a police precinct at all it feels more like the office um but I got to say, I I really I had a good time with the show. I love vampire stuff. It's I'm always a sucker for vampire stuff. And again, I was a massive fan of Angel. And I did not realize how much Joss Whedon just flat out copied that homework. Because he, a, a vampire showing remorse for for the life he's lived, wanting to to atone for his sins and become human. I mean, it's just the whole thing is. I mean, remorseful vampires have always been a thing since Anne Rice, but yeah. this specific type of show, where you have an investigator vampire who is trying to become human because there's a you know, well, this doesn't have so far doesn't have a prophecy that the vampire with the soul will become human, but
0: apparently all you need to do is eat a ham sandwich and stop drinking all that blood, Nick.
1: Yeah, th- there there are things that I would I would imagine the people who wrote and I haven't done this specific research if this gets picked up by our viewers or listeners, then I will. I would imagine these guys don't read a lot of vampire fiction and outside of maybe what they know from growing up with the you know afternoon monster movie and stuff like that because it seems to follow those rules. there doesn't seem to be a lot of it's not like, what we do in the shadows, which has a deep knowledge of vampire lore from all over the place, and they show it. Yeah. And they in- show inconsistencies. <laughs> yeah, they poke fun at it. This one just seems to be, and again, there, there's that's there's a reason this was on CBS. It's very, very easy to swallow stuff. it, it does not deter me from from liking the show. I actually had a really good time with this show. I thought it was a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, it's it's cheesy in the Ways that I expect a series that was bounced around and syndicated to be cheesy and, and silly, but it's also there's a certain cool factor to it that's kind of unexplainable right now. I don't know.
1: Yeah, well, it's it's part of that. I mean, it, it does carry some of that 90s vampire goth chic to it. And no, no matter how. um Disingenuous that might be on the studio's part, the show still comes off that way. And I think the show is... is. I mean, I get why people would have had a dedicated fan base to this show, because I think people would see past the the silly effects and the, the writing that didn't quite get it, and see what was really there. And I think what was really there is a very cool show that was trying to do something a little bit different than your normal crime show. And I mean, there's something compelling about these kind of broken protagonists. I mean, people flock to that, people love Batman. He's endured for 80 years
0: <laughs> for the same of, reason. Speaking of, I have to just share the funniest pun that I saw today is a picture of Robert Pattinson in Twilight. Didn't I, think, I send you this? Uh, it was posted on our discord. Yeah. Yeah. I, and, I did that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. I just, I'm it <laughs> Cause I think it's very funny. It's Robert Pattinson in Twilight next to Robert Pattinson as the Batman. I guess vampires do turn into bats. Very funny. I it's
1: very it's funny. one of my favorite puns. Um, if you are a fan of vampire fiction, or if, or if you are, are a fan of looking into kind of the impetus of where a lot of the supernatural detectives come from, I think Forever Night is definitely worth your time. Now, if you're someone who is not going to... Be, like if if the cheese factor is not going to ingratiate you if you're not going to be a fan of that then yeah i would steer steer clear of that but if if that's something you enjoy or something you can look past i think forever night is definitely worth the time so i got to ask you drew if if you had to 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 move on or renew this show for 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 your personal vote where 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 would you lie
0: i'm a just off the cuff i'm a tentative renew
1: I, I feel the same way I mean this this show definitely grabbed me uh we yeah we did have issues with it but I mean what show doesn't have issues in its in its beginning I love vampires love detectives i I I think there's some cool stuff here and I'm looking forward to seeing where that one goes
0: unfortunately we got some contenders yeah so I'll, I'll say up. I'll say if you uh you'll be sorry if you don't choose forever night. At the end of the month, but we'll someone see. does say sorry in that, don't they? A lot. Of I think there's say some sorry. there's a,
1: there's some heavy Canadian accents in that one.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, but but we're gonna have some stiff competition from Terry Hulk Hogan himself, oh, brother.
0: What is our 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 syndicated show for next week, Miles? Next
1: week is <laughs> the short-lived. <laughs> Drew's just like, <laughs> kick it, Thunder in Paradise.
0: which is in
1: paradise. It is a show. I I think as Drew put it, starring Hulk Hogan and the other dad from my two dads as mercenaries who have a.
0: that Greg Evigan is in another show that we're doing.
1: Oh, okay. He's in tech war.
0: Yeah, we're doing tech war. Sorry,
1: spoilers. Well, no, no, uh, we we annu- we 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 announced all those shows. Oh yeah,
0: that's week. right. Forgot about that.
1: Um, sorry, I forget. So Hulk Hogan and friend are mercenaries, and they have a sci-fi boat for some reason.
0: For some reason,
1: with an amazing theme song, which I do remember. I am I am looking forward. Do you have any memories of the show as a as a child?
0: No, I don't. I just know that it was on. I never watched it because it always looked like Hulk Hogan on a boat. I didn't realize that it was Hulk Hogan on a sci-fi, like, viper-esque, like, crazy, shape-shifting boat. But, we
1: almost did Viper too. Oh man.
0: Well that's that's it's too close. Too close. I know, I know. So I, I did
1: see this as a kid. I have almost no memory outside of the, the intro theme and what the VHS tape looked like. Because I remember my buddy and I rented it. I don't think we ever watched it on television. So I have some memories of like basically what's in the theme song of like explosions and Hulk Hogan doing things. But I mean, this was so long ago that and I never followed up on it. I all I know is thinking it was cool when I was like nine. So
0: so so this this show started out as a series of TV movies before becoming a series. And I thought that was tech war. That too, I think. <laughs> I think all of them did. <laughs> A lot of these did. This one did. <laughs> uh, this the, that, did.
1: That you're 100. Uh, so yeah, this is this is one that uh, just like Forever Night. While well, you can you can find Forever Night much more easily, uh, Thunder in Paradise. I think you can pretty much only find on YouTube. Or if you want to buy the first DVD on Amazon for about twelve dollars. It contains the first couple of episodes as a movie.
0: So. Yeah, this is going to be interesting. I have watched the intro sequence to this, and it is not the intro sequence that you expect.
1: No, no, it is. It is delightful. Um,
0: (laughs) Thunder and Paradise for the sheer wow factor is going to be tough to beat but we'll see what happens at the end of the month we'll see what happens
1: yes we will but so um
0: we'll find out next week how we feel about it brother yeah so that's 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 all she wrote on forever night i
1: really enjoyed it uh wouldn't mind coming back to it but until we get to, until next
0: time drew tell people how they can reach us you can find us most easily at Twitter, at the you Nerd on Twitter, where you can talk to Miles about everything, cause he's on there all day. Yeah. No judgment, cause the world is on fire and Twitter is somehow keeping us all together.
1: Uh, uh, I wouldn't go that far, but yes, it, it is It is there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you can also find us at TheMoreYouNerd.com, where you can find all of our shows, including all of our past episodes. And of course, you can email us, themoreunerd at gmail.com. That's nerd at gmail.com.
1: So until next time, we will end this show as we always do, with a rousing nerd
0: out night crawlers